Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Benny J. This is Internal Explosion, the podcast, episode 15, Extinct. Today, I'm going to tell you a little bit of a background story about what I come from uh, when it comes to why I care about humility, why I care about being a servant for God's kingdom to this world. Uh, and it goes back to my childhood where everything about my childhood seemed to revolve around pleasing those in the family who set themselves up on high on a pedestal to try to uphold an image, to demonstrate, to display how good they were, how great they were as people, something that you would think you'd want to aspire to become. And even though I loved all of these people very much, I remember feeling like I was in the rat race from the start in my own life because of the way the family was structured around this thinking. I felt like I was always chasing after an image, trying to look the part as opposed to actually being the part. Uh, it really, it really drove this wedge between me and my family where I started to feel like I couldn't do enough to please them. I couldn't make anybody love me. I couldn't act the part well enough to gain approval, to be affirmed. And deep down, it killed me inside. It made me feel like I was the easiest one to manipulate because it wasn't hard to figure out that I desired affirmation so deeply. It, it was apparent in all of my actions. I was chasing people's approval from as far back as I can remember, probably four or five years old is where it really comes back to mind, uh, maybe as a starting point for me. And as I grew up, as I matured, I started to see it play out more and more. But it wasn't until I became an adult, and not by the not by the standards of the U.S. society being an 18-year-old, no, I probably didn't start behaving like an adult until my 30s. And I'm 37 years old. So it may seem like a shame to say something like that, but I'd rather be honest with you and let you know that I've been a late bloomer in many senses of that term. And what I really want is to become a humble servant of Christ. The only way to do that is to become spiritually mature. Well, if you don't start looking for God's approval and, and being obedient to him first and foremost, above all humankind, above all the systems of man in this world, then you're never going to be become, you're never going to become mature in Christ. You're going to miss the opportunity because you're always chasing after people's approval, thinking somehow that will be your fulfillment. And that was the lie that I held on to for so long. And because I did get approval from people and I did get affirmation for things that I did, for things that I said, it became a cyclical pattern. I kept going back to the same thing, to the same people, trying to find the fulfillment I desired. And all that happened was I'd get a momentary feeling of satisfaction, but I'd end up right back into that pit of despair when I, when I didn't get that that affirmation of the approval that I desired so much. And there were many times where I didn't receive it in return. And I used to blame the other person, the other people for not giving that to me when I thought I earned it or deserved it. 
the reality was I was being selfish. I thought I deserved something from them all the time. That if I did X, Y, or Z, that would give me the right to be able to get something from them. And the truth about that is I don't deserve anything from anybody. Now, people can choose willfully to do what's right in reciprocity toward me when I do good things toward them or I uphold a social contract between us, between me and those people, if you will. And that is all great. It gives me the opportunity to love and then hope to be loved in return. But I can't, nobody can expect somebody to always be approving of everything, to always offer the affirmation that we desire in our, in our deepest parts. Uh, and a lot of my problems came out of having a very anxious attachment style. That anxious attachment style led me to looking to others to serve me so that I could feel good about myself, so that I could feel re-secured, reattached. And I did this with everybody. I was like the the little puppy without a home. Oh, this is so sad, right? It made me sad. But I had a lot of self-pity and a victimized mentality. And all that ended up doing was creating a lot of separation between me and other people. Because when they didn't give me what I wanted, I would pull away from them and I, or I would push them away. And I'd say, no, 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 that's not for me. I don't want to deal with you because I'm not getting that that feedback that I desire, the, the affirmation that I so steadily and readily want. And all that ended up doing was breeding a selfishness in me, uh, a constant sense of entitlement over that, over that um, need to find the fulfillment from other people and them giving it to me. I felt entitled to that them giving it to me. Almost like, well, I do all these things right and I play by the rules and aren't I deserving of this? Doesn't this just make sense? Isn't this the formula? And obviously, if you know much about life and you've experienced some of this, you realize that no, this is not the way that life works. Things don't always go the way we want. And a lot of times we go very unfulfilled. Sometimes it's like we're going through an arid wasteland with people where they might be going through their struggles. We're going through ours. There's a general feeling of emptiness, almost death. We're walking through the valley of the shadow of death most of our lives. Mountaintop experiences truly come and go and are short-lived most of the time. So I think about that and I think, wow, most of my life I spent focused on myself. And all it did was breed heartache for me and for other people when they didn't fulfill me or I didn't fulfill them. I tend, I, I had a tendency to be around people who were similar to me too. the whole birds of a feather flock together mentality. Well, there's a lot of truth to that. We tend to gravitate toward people who are like us. And when I was around those people, we would just feed off each other. So when you're in that space with people who aren't dissimilar to you, it's really easy to just feed off each other's negative cycles. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, so over time, I realized, wow, Ben, wow, I really need to get this 
under control. I need to, I need to get a, a tighter rein over this portion of my life. Um, and what I realized was the whole time I, I always said I served a great king. I served the father of my life, the father of all of his children's lives. We've been adopted. We've been grafted in uh, through Jesus into the body of Christ. We are now grafted in as part of the promise to Israel. A lot of people might hate that thought. Christians, I know y'all are with it. Uh, but this is such an important piece for Christians. We've been given an assignment by the Father. He's commissioned us as his children to go out into the world and disciple all people of all nations, uh, to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Uh, going a bit further, there's this idea of dying to ourselves. We're to die to the self. Uh, John 3.30 says that we must become less, he must become more. What does that even mean? Like, so we're so full of ourselves and we love to just consider everything about ourselves over the benefit and the betterment of others uh, that even, even in the moments where we try to do good for other people and do good for society, what ends up happening is we're not truly altruistic about it. We're not truly benevolent. We're doing it because we get some kind of selfish feedback. Now, it doesn't mean that those good feelings we get when we do right, when we do good, are bad. It just means that we can become very self-serving when all we do is seek out those feelings. If we're only doing good so that we can feel good about ourselves, we've missed the whole point. We're taking the glory of doing good onto ourselves, and we're using it for our own vanity and stroking of our own egos. That's not what God designed us for. God designed us to take the glory that comes from those good things that we can do in his name and push it back out, back out to him, letting people know that the light we have, the light that shines in and through us is from God himself. It's his glory. We're just reflective. So it's, it's a beautiful image. And I think about the more I was focused on myself, the more I thought about how I could be fulfilled within myself or use God or use others to find the fulfillment, the more dissatisfied I became with my life and with who I was. I had some major identity crises. I mean, they were killing me inside. I thought that I was, there were so many times where I thought I was dying because I couldn't get things under control. I felt in complete disarray. My whole life felt like it was falling apart. Uh, I didn't know what to do with myself. So when you're in a moment where you're scrambling like I was throughout most of my teenage years, all the way through my 20s, even into my marriage, uh, those, things really, those things really took root and uh, created all kinds of uh, pain and suffering for me and the people around me. And I created a lot of a lot of turmoil with others, uh, not all on me. It wasn't just all me and all my fault, but with this tendency, I had this cycle, this pattern that I was constantly engaging in from my childhood on, uh, it was way more likely that I was being self-serving in a lot of those moments to self-protect because I was afraid of being hurt or left alone all again. Uh, what a terrifying idea to be alone. And I resisted that with a tremendous amount of force. Um, 
I think a lot about what Jesus sent us to be here for. What is the purpose of our lives? And as Christians, as followers of Christ, we're to be humble servants. He already called us to the mission. He told us what we're, so, what we're supposed to do. There is no question left about what it is we're doing. The only thing that we need to figure out is making our calling and election sure, which, mean, which takes a lot of careful prayer, meditation on the word, and learning to hear from the Holy Spirit so that we can know exactly what we're supposed to be doing beyond just what the scripture states explicitly. Uh, there are some things, there are some particulars that the Holy Spirit reveals to us as we seek God out and he demonstrates to us his power in us and through us so that we can go out into the world and be effective as a specific part of the body of Christ. So I, 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 I go right back to the idea that no servant is greater than his master and no messenger is greater than the one that sent him. We are merely messengers of the king. Again, like I said in other previous episodes, we're ambassadors to God. We go on behalf of him and we share the message with the people around us so that they can hear about this great God and exactly, and exactly what he wants for them. He wants them to repent. He wants them to turn 180 degrees away from their sin and wickedness and turn to him and repent to be, to humble themselves before him. And it says he would bless them and give them freedom and he would break their chains and be their God. But most of us resist this because we, we're afraid we're going to give something up that we don't want to give up. We're afraid that we're going to lose out. We're going to miss out on things that we think are more valuable than a relationship with God or being in, in communion uh, with the body of Christ in God. So I take this all the way around to say where I ended up. It's come all the way around. Hit him with the circle. 3.14. Oh, well, I mean pi r squared. Oh my goodness. Nerd alert. Extinct. This concept for me is very much about how my brain through long-term desensitization uh, to the feelings of being left alone or feeling like I am alone, feeling like people won't give me this attachment fulfillment, my longings, my attachment longings that I, I want them to give me. The longer I resisted that and I, and I leaned into God and I started leaning into the people who were healthiest around me in my life, those old patterns started to become extinct. They started to slowly break down and dissipate. And it's the same thing when you resist the devil, when you resist all your urges that you have from your body, from your flesh, you start to develop strength against it. And you're literally breaking down old patterns that have been, that have been uh, in, in strong activity in your mind, in your brain, physically. Break them down to the point where they become weak. And once they're weak, the new, the new patterns, the new pathways that you, you've created in your brain through practice and repetition of good habits start to trump all of those old patterns. Now, the thing is, the old patterns always have the possibility, the potential to come back up. I think a lot of that depends on the circumstances you're in. If you're under a ton of distress 
and you used to have an old pattern you'd go to as your go-to, you're going to probably have moments where you're tempted to go back to the old ways. But the scripture teaches in Proverbs, it says, as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool will return to his foolishness. So I encourage you to not choose foolishness and go back to your own vomit because that's disgusting. Who wants to eat their own vomit? That's what going back to your sin after you've known God equates to. So I'm just amazed at what God has done in my mind, what God has done in my heart. He's really done a mind to heart connection, opened me up. He's filled me with the spirit and he's shown me that anything outside of the spirit really has no value. Every, like I said earlier, that word dissipate comes to mind. Everything that you try to do outside of the spirit that's just within this material realm, it dissipates so quickly. I mean, just look up the term entropy and look, look into what entropy entails. There is so much in this world, everything about it is just constantly breaking down. That's why we have to tend to everything constantly just to try to keep it up from, from falling into disarray and, and, and turning into pretty much chaos. We have to stick closely to the truth. We have to stick closely to God. We have to stick closely together and we have to work arduously toward bringing it back to the center where we are focused on Christ. We're obedient to the scripture. We're obedient to the spirit. We submit to one another out of reverence for Christ and we remain humble before God in submission to him at all costs. My prayer for you today, anybody who's watching, seriously come back to God. Humble yourself before the King. He will grant you forgiveness, not just for now, but for eternity. He'll take you in. He'll take you in with him forever. It's the most beautiful promise you could ever receive. And then you get to go and be a part of the kingdom building process, trying to working hard for God on his behalf to bring everybody around you attempting to bring them into this great faith, into Christ. I hope you can hear this and I hope you sense the sincerity. Well, this has been Internal Explosion, the podcast, episode 15, Extinct. Again, this is Benny J. Thank you so much for watching. I know Chris isn't here today. You saw the message from uh, the beginning of the video. I miss the brother. Pray for him. Lift him up. Pray that he recovers quickly, and uh, he'll be here on the next. He'll be here on the next episode. No Dre Day. <laughs> well, love you all. Have a wonderful week. Peace out.